Hey confidants, it's your girl Teresa. Thanks for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. Um, this is the podcast where comedians confess something they never told anyone before. Just wanted to let you guys know, um, my short film, I Think She Likes You, is now out online. I know some of you have heard me promoting it. If you follow me on social media, you've definitely seen me promoting it. And you know what? I'm sorry. But there's only so many ways to get people to watch a short film online and in a festival. And um, social media is one of them. But you're in luck because I've come towards the end of my promotion um, because the short film's now out online. So I'm not gonna, you won't be hearing about it for much longer. It's called I Think She Likes You. You can watch it right now at youtube.com slash I Think She Likes You. It's about a nine minute short. It's a comedy um, or a tragedy if you're me, but uh, no, it's a comedy. It's funny for everyone but me. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. If you like it, message me. I'd love to hear what you think. Um, yeah, we put a lot of work and time into it, and uh, yeah, I guess it's out there now. So I hope you enjoy that. Um, speaking of relationships, oh wait, no, I want to do one more announcement before I answer this comment from the uh, confidant. Okay, so you guys know about the PayPal, the Super Confidant newsletter. Just want to do a reminder about that, um, but not just to tell you guys to join, but also I got an email um, saying that. Uh, they didn't receive so a confidant didn't receive one and that's because you have to let me know if your email is different than the one you signed up for on PayPal that's because that's the one I use um, let me know when you um, join the newsletter just put it in the comments let me know what you email you want the newsletter to otherwise I'm gonna use the default one that PayPal gives me which is the one linked to your PayPal I don't know if you don't check it I have no way of knowing so leave, leave it in the comments if you do that and definitely be sure to, um, you know, check sending to a friend. Don't do goods and services. Otherwise, I get charged. Um, and don't check the PayPal insurance. Um, but you can message me if you have any problems. Promise I'll be good about it. Um, yeah, um, that's paypal.me slash you can tell me anything. $5 before the 5th of the month. So um, anytime this week, truly, because I know this comes out a day late. Uh, anytime before this week. Send me $5 to paypal.me slash you can tell me anything to be on the December newsletter. Speaking of December, last year I did some holiday cards um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, so I want to do that again. But this year I'm going to keep the charity theme. It is Giving Tuesday, the day I'm recording this. So if you donate $20 or more to a charity of your choice, um, anything, whatever you want. You know, Trevor Project, that's a good one. ACLU, that's also a good one. But really, it can be whatever you want. Something that you care a lot about or something that I care about. Whatever. Or that your neighbor cares about. Tag me with hashtag secret giving. Um, post it on your Twitter or Instagram. Uh, and uh, Or you can email to me if you're, you're not like a public type. Email me. Tell me anything. Pod at gmail.com. Um, but I do like a little bit of, you know, social media show off. Because then it, it can inspire someone else to do it. It's not showing off if someone else is inspired by your choice, um, but to each their own. Okay, $20 or more to your charity of your choice, and I will uh, put you on the holiday card mailing list, and you will. I will reach out to you for your address. So if for some reason I don't get back to you, definitely shoot me an email to remind me, um, but I will look at that hashtag, hashtag secret giving, or tag me at tell me anything pod on Instagram, or tag me at Larissa T on Twitter. Guys, I'm very accessible. All right, that's it for the announcements. Um, but I wanted to address this comment I got from a super confidant. Uh, thank you to Dustin, super confidant Dustin. Dustin said, um, thank you for sharing um, the idea. This is his, his quote. For sharing the idea, and I paraphrase, experiencing a relationship instead of checking boxes. Would appreciate you using specific examples from stories you've heard if you do the opening segment. So... I think what you're asking, Dustin, is for me to talk, speak a little bit more on um, what I mean when I say trying to experience a relationship instead of checking boxes. And uh, to that, I'll say, you know, I think I, we all, but me too, I'm going to start with me, that I, I've definitely been guilty of this. Um, you know, I could really like someone. It's not that I don't like them, but but I already have something in mind that I want, right? Like, I'm like, I want them to post a picture of me on Valentine's Day. I want them to meet my mom. I want them to take me as a plus one to their wedding. There are also things that are, like, more standard for relationships. Like, if you're dating someone for two years and they never post one picture of you, but they take a hundred, 
uh, when you're not looking at them, that could be a weird behavior. Um, and that is something that has happened to me. So, but, but all in all, like if you have too specific of a picture in your mind, it doesn't leave much room for you to really get to know someone because you're just trying to sort of like fill in a blank, right? It's like coloring a coloring book that already has a lines drawn. Like technically you are doing art, but I think we can all agree as adults that coloring books are for children, right? So I think relationships are the same way. I don't think it means you're not in a relationship and sometimes both people are doing that and sometimes you both fit each other's boxes at that time of your life. But if you do that, you can never truly grow and you're never gonna be truly seen and you're never gonna truly see your partner. I kind of think of it as like, this is a very harmless thing that um, me and my girlfriends do sometimes or have done, is like you'll go on a first date and then you'll say something like, oh, you know, he was cute, but he's a DJ, but he has a nice car or whatever, right? You're like, he's this, but he does have a big dick. So I guess he's cool. Just an example. Um, (laughs) My point being, I think if you're doing that, that's generally a red flag. You're trying to put someone in a box, right? If you're saying he's A, but B, or she's A, but B, or they're A, but B, you're kind of like already trying to color inside this line, right? That you have drawn out for what you think your partner should be. I mean, the funny thing is relationships are almost counterintuitive to everything else in your life, right? If you're buying a car, you do want to check the boxes. You have a job, you want to check the boxes. You want to make sure the benefits are all online. Your boss is nice. The culture is the right fit. You want that when it comes to everything else in your life, except for a relationship. And the number one difference is it's a person. It's a full grown person. Hopefully they're full grown. Um, otherwise, you know, I don't know, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, I don't know why I said that guy. It is so late and I'm recording this intro. I'm not going to edit though because this is me unfiltered. Um, which is what you should want in a relationship, right? You want the unfiltered version of them, not some version you fit into a box. And sometimes if you're too, uh, if you try to force your partner too much into a box, if they're codependent or whatever, they might actually try to fit in it, right? Like we've all tried to fit in a box someone's drawn for us that doesn't fit. It's like those Japanese game shows, um, the Tetris, human Tetris, where they try to, they get harder and harder and you, you have to fit into the holes. I mean, the more somebody controls that box for you, the harder it is for you to be what they want. And you're not gonna be what you want either. Like when you're buying a car, right? You're like, okay, check, leather interior, check. Uh, I don't know, red, shiny, convertible, check. This is a very douchey person buying this car. Um, fire wheels, check, whatever, a spoiler, check. There's a certain th- list of things you want, but in a relationship, you just can't do that because it's a person. You just have to want all of it. You have to, you have to start from the bottom. You have, it has, it's not a car. It's more like I want to go to the store. I'm just gonna walk, and maybe someone will walk next to me. It's a partner. You're looking for a partner, not a car. You're looking for someone who can walk with you, accompany you, go where you want to go with you. Sometimes go somewhere else. This metaphor doesn't really work, and I do recognize that. <laughs> Um, But Dustin, I hope I answered your question. I don't know if that's a specific example from a story. I mean, if you guys have one, share it with me. I'll read it on the pod. Um, The only one I can really think of that was a specific is that photo thing. Because I do think that's something I have cared about in my relationships that I try to say I don't. But I do. It does sometimes bother me when people I'm with uh, aren't, like aren't publicly proud to be with me. And that, I recognize, is my own baggage. I have had experiences with um, dating people who wanted to keep me secret and, or were unfaithful, and um, I get very insecure. But again, not something I should put on my new partner, right? So I recognize I have worked there to do as well. All right, well, um, I don't know if I should be giving relationship advice, but I did hope I answered your question, Dustin. And if you guys have other questions like that, feel free to ask. You can email me at tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com. But uh, this is not a solo podcast because there is a guest, so I'm going to get to that guest. Right now, I'm very excited for this episode. Um, She and I go way back to when I first started comedy in New York City. Uh, She's so fun. I caught her while she was here in LA for a very short trip. So you guys are going to hear the full interview and I hope you enjoy it. Um, It's Mary Houlihan.
And here we go. Bye. You can tell her. You can tell her anything. She's a real good listener. You can tell her anything. Hey, confidants. It's Teresa. You're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. This is the podcast where comedians confess something. They want to get off their chest, um, and I'm really excited because, wow, last minute get, I found out she was in town. Great marketing because she told me about her show through a mass email, and you know what? It worked. It hooked me because I was like, I got to get her on the show. So before we today in the studio, I have Mary Houlihan. Hello. What's Hi. up? New redhead. I'm a new redhead. Looks great. Thank you so <laughs> much. Um, yeah, you're out here doing your show. Mm-hmm. I think this will come out after you've done it, so it's going to have been great. Yeah, it'll have so a I've huge crushed. hit. You've crushed yeah. the LA scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's always fun to. I feel like because we knew each other in New York mm-hmm. years. We we're just talking about this, but like five. I feel like feels, five years yeah. ago. Yeah, I feel like we are probably the same height and weight as back then, <laughs> but in my we mind, we're like at smaller. All. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel that way? I feel like anything from my early twenties. The person I'm picturing is like little. A little? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I I don't... It's weird. When I look back on photos from like when I was in New York, because I feel like I was the same, but also I think I like drank really heavily in New York. So I feel mm. like I, when I like... Um, I feel better in LA. That's but good. Yeah. So, That's great. <laughs> which is good. Um, yeah. But I had fun in New York. I don't know. Yeah. You know how it sure. is. It's it's all part of growing up. Um, but yeah, I was actually looking at your Instagram because I wanted to see like sort of the mm-hmm. stuff you've been up to. And you have such funny characters. The Vanessa Skyscraper CEO. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you. So you guys should check out her characters. And um, you did this uh, thing on Chris Gethard show or Chris Gethard presents, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was a multi-cam. Let me, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm hoping I get this right. Multi-cam sitcom soap opera called Enchanted Pumice. Yes. yes which yes, yes. sounds amazing. Wait, tell me a little bit about <laughs> that. So, uh, so Chris has this hour slot that he gives out to people. And so he asked me, what would you want to do? And I said, I either want to do, well, just since I have access to like a three camera setup uh-huh. and don't have to play anything, <laughs> I want to make like a sitcom, like a uh-huh. brand new sitcom in like classic style or a soap opera. And so he said we should do the do soap both. opera because oh. it's more weird or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's called Enchanted Pumice, and it's about a massage spa <laughs> and all the drama that the people that work there go through. But is it it's shot multicam? Like, so does that mean there's like audience reactions recorded over this? Okay, that's great. That's kind mm-hmm. of what I imagine. It's mm-hmm. like the style of a sitcom with yeah. a soap opera drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, so you know it's the big old room and the crew like physically built um what do you call them? like stage flats yeah so like people like in the studio audience could see like three or four rooms oh cool like yeah, the snl it was, stage like a real like <laughs> tv tape that's awesome <laughs> yeah. um is it available the whole thing available online mm-hmm. okay it's on youtube go check that out that's really funny um, well, I like to start with a good confession, mm-hmm. just to start on a positive note. Is there something good you'd like to confess? Okay. <laughs> something that I want to confess, but it isn't really that good, is that okay. <laughs> before I got here, I went and got a cup of coffee, and I ordered it, and then um, the lady called it, and then I grabbed it, and <laughs> I left, and I was slurping on it. I slurped half of the dang <laughs> thing up. And it was dark out, and then I stepped into the light, and I looked down at my cup, and I saw my little, you know, lip mark area, uh-huh. and it was um, a matcha latte. It was green. It wasn't coffee, <laughs> and I was, um, uh, I was like, how did I <laughs> notice that it wasn't they coffee? Taste very different. Like, maybe a coffee just tastes mm-hmm. different in LA, and like. Well, I never get lattes. I always get normal coffee with milk. So okay. I was like, yeah, it's that steamed milk taste. You know <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but then I started to feel like, oh, 
oh no someone else ordered this and i grabbed it oh no. well no it's possible that she just made the wrong drink oh no and also my tummy is extremely sensitive to soy milk and i was uh-huh. like what if it's <gasps> soy milk i just drank the whole thing oh, no. so you know we'll find out later about that wow um, fresh <laughs> off the presses i was just now so that's my um big confession <laughs> That's like, uh, I feel like there's so many layers to that because the Mm -hmm. fact that you were worried about the other person is so adorable (laughs) because, you know, they'll just, I'm sure that person will just be like, where's my drink and they'll make it. But well, I guess I was more worried about if that was the case, Mm -hmm. um, more about like the person working there because, you know, you've seen these people. Sometimes (laughs) people get like, excuse me, I've been waiting. So I got nervous that I created something like that. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> do you um do you get a lot of anxiety in life usually like about things like that? Mm, not too much. Well, um yeah, I worry about things, but I um I suffer officially from clinical depression mm-hmm. and I don't really have So you're a comedian. No. I'm just Hello. <laughs> so I don't have much of an issue mm. with anxiety like when I Okay. when you get that like crazy it's like, almost like it balances out yeah it's interesting because i've heard um both I, I mean i've heard those two things mm-hmm. going together but then also sure. it, when you're on one really far on one end mm-hmm. it's like it kind of yeah feels really different from the other i think like um uh with situational like if sure. i'm going through something super stressful then i'll get that like fast oh, yeah. hard thinking too much thing but in general pretty even yeah you very calm person <laughs> yeah it is, um, I do think like sometimes we're so hard on ourselves about anxiety because especially like comedians we talk about on stage, but mm-hmm. then I do also think we end up more than like your average, like nine to five, you know, in mm-hmm. whatever American middle-class person, like comedians in the industry work, uh, in very stressful environments. Yeah. So we talk about having anxiety. We're already anxiety prone, but also sometimes that anxiety I think it's totally valid because it's like the stuff people (laughs) go through and and you'll, you'll be describing like having Mm -hmm. anxiety in a stressful, you know, audition or something. You're like, yeah, no, that is exactly where you would have that. So I think it's normal. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think about, um, just that we perform comedy often and like what stress, well, I don't know. Like when you do it for a while, you get less of like a physical weird sensation than like when you first start out and there's that like here I go oh sure <laughs> and maybe you have to like pee a lot before you go on stage <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah you're like okay how much time until I go on or you bring water up for like a five minute set yeah. or your open mic you're like I, what if I need to drink water in this mm-hmm. three minute set <laughs> so um yeah sometimes I think about that that like oh there's something probably going on with my brain and body every time <laughs> I perform and like am up there doing like an adrenaline activity uh-huh. and like the aftermath and um I'm like uh been doing it too much that I'm not even realizing like um, yeah you, how stressful kind of, it is for your body maybe. you've built a tolerance to it yeah. um do you go to therapy or um uh this is sort of podcast mm-hmm. like loosely and based around like therapy and confessing things sure Um, what do you do to like sort of self-care well I was going to a therapist for a really long time and um she went on maternity leave maybe six months ago and so then it was sort of like well when (laughs) I come back what do you what do you want to (laughs) do um and we had been sort of talking about like all right you're you're pretty better (laughs) Uh, oh (laughs) and also she's like you've graduated also she's gotten like really expensive so yeah i feel like sorry my dog is making so much noise okay that's the thing that we would even talk about in therapy about about how how you're stressed about the mice (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and um and she's like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah yeah, give me money well she's so nice she would be like you know whatever you want to do we could do every other week some people like to do that well speaking of um talking about things and confessing things is there anything you'd like to tell me mary yep my big confession is that in eighth grade i had a secret boyfriend Ooh. okay Mm -hmm. what do you mean by secret boyfriend um like did he know (laughs) no No, he knew we were deeply in love okay (laughs) and um 
So me and my friends, um, well, I started hanging out with like the bad kids that okay. year. Um, Were you a good kid before that? Um, or a neutral? Neutral. <laughs> I think I felt too bad for my good kid <laughs> friends and like I needed to go somewhere else. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Um, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So then I hung out with these kids that were like badass and smoked cigarettes and okay. stuff. And <laughs> so we would, every weekend, we would go to like a nearby town and we would like loiter. And this was the <laughs> spot where like all people between 12 and 18 who like were misunderstood or like <laughs> their house was dangerous and they didn't like being at home. All these types of kids would just hang out in this town and loiter uh-huh. and like drink out of paper bags and stuff like that. So that became our new routine. We would go <laughs> to very that. like classic indie movie. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> we would go. And, um, so there was a boy from another town, not from my school that I met and we were flirting and I felt so special to be mm-hmm. flirted with <laughs> and um, and he was your age yeah well he was one year older okay and so I would get so excited to see <laughs> him and I'd go every week and I'd look forward during the week to go see him and we would I am each other and we started kissing Aww. and so, yeah, then he asked me if I wanted to be his girlfriend, and I said yes. And I was first love, totally, like, extreme feelings. Sure, you just, you're it like, was, what is this? And you just yeah, jump in. It was such a nice feeling. Um, and Why was it, it was secret from your uh, yes. parents? So or? then my mom, <laughs> this part's crazy. This part makes my mom sound crazy. Um, All moms are a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of crazy when we were kids, I think, because she was, like, worried that we would fuck up. Mm. And now she's pretty normal and doesn't do crazy stuff. Are you, um, how many siblings do you have? Are you, like, older or younger? Um, I'm the youngest of four. Okay. And she was still strict with you? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Because I feel like usually by the youngest, you're like, okay, fine. Sure. Well, I wouldn't say she was strict. She was just more, she would get like paranoid and accuse me of doing things. Like she'd be like, I know what you're up to. (laughs) Or like she might give me cash one day and like I didn't spend it. And then if I have it later, she's like, where'd you get that money? Oh, okay. So she's already assuming things. Yeah. And so anyway, so then my mom says, um, like Mrs. Whatever said that her son <laughs> saw you out in that town <laughs> and that you have a 17-year-old boyfriend. And I said, <laughs> no, he's 14. I'm 13. He's 14. What? what? And she was like, you can't. You're not seen. Like yelled at me. And I didn't really understand the 17 part where that came from. Um and by now I was already I was already in love. Yeah. So you can't I mean you all the way back to Romeo and Juliet I to know. now like you you watch enough of these teen movies, you know, the parent you can't stop the kid from mm-hmm. seeing seeing their boyfriend or girlfriend. Like it just never you just so, never do it. Yeah, that was really kooky and so then that of course made it even more like melodramatic. We're so in love and <laughs> it's so hard to be together and yet we are what like uh, I I do like I know the whole like you know being in love in middle school thing Mm -hmm. but there's so many different ranges because there's people who are like we're in love and then they hold hands and Mm -hmm. then or they just like look at each other from across the field and (laughs) they're like that's my boyfriend but you are you guys like going on dates like Um, are you just kind of seeing each other at this town and be like that's my boyfriend we would only hang out um on weekends and it would be in this town or occasionally at the mall sometimes at a mutual friend's house we could mm-hmm. like I could never just go on a date alone with him it always had to be sneaky but your parents let you hang out with your friends by yourself yes okay and it's um, so it's so like um interesting when I hear like different uh methods of parenting because my mom was so strict but she thought she was really 
lacks for compared to her friends, which she probably was. Right. But like if we went to the mall in middle school, like she would trail us. Even oh when my we're god! Just at the mall, and the mall's pretty safe. Well, now it's actually probably not. I feel like nowadays you yeah. hear about all this like shootings and stuff. But oh god! I feel like the malls where I grew up were pretty safe. Yeah, I think they're fine. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. She was lax in that it was like, all right, yeah, go hang out there <laughs> for a couple hours, go nuts. Yeah. Um, just let me know where you are. So then, what happened? Okay, so we're oh, so you were asking how much we were dating well so, what was yeah just like kind of paint me the picture of the relationship okay so we would i am every day and talk on the phone my house had two phone lines um mm-hmm. like one did main you have one. the like like mary loves like in your <laughs> in your am i went it was yes it? yeah i okay, did so it was yeah. like the world knew yeah okay <laughs> and so yeah we had like the house line and then like the girls line in my older <laughs> sister's um, room and they were both away at college or grown up so um, I would call him on that phone and then like when someone would enter the room I'd be like <laughs> and hide the phone um, I remember one time he called and usually like I would be in the room and know that he's gonna call so I'm there to pick it up and so he called and my brother picked it up and so it was secret from everyone in my family and I didn't Mm -hmm. want anyone like I didn't want my siblings to know and then tell on me and and like get screamed at again did you talk to your sisters about like boy stuff or was the age gap too big um the age gap was too big and yeah they yeah I think one of them was living in Missouri for oh, college gotcha. and the other one I think was in Boston or maybe California. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. So, so they were like out of the house. Yeah. So we weren't chatting. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So he called the house and my brother picked up and then my secret boyfriend was like, um, is Ryan there? <laughs> <laughs> And my brother was like, no, you have the wrong number. There aren't any Ryans here. (laughs) So I remember that. So then he told me about it afterwards. And he was like, oh, I just tried to think of any name. I'm so glad that no Ryans live at your house. (laughs) Smart, smart cookie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's a wild time that like will never exist again. The having to wait by your phone. Yeah. Because now you just have cell phones or computers. Or you can literally like message someone from your refrigerator or something. Like it's yeah. so different now, but I do remember that. Or someone would say they were going to call and then mm-hmm. they, if they don't, you're just like waiting there and you're like, how long do I stand yeah. by the phone before I walk away? Yeah. So it was secret from your family, oh, but not from your friends. I was going to say, yeah. So my friends knew and my friends were really nice and helpful in getting us to see <laughs> each other. And, um, were you like the, um, were your friends also dating or were you kind of like, the dating one of your friends my friends would date too and um sexually we um the farthest that we would go is fingers (laughs) (laughs) that's appropriate for middle school right yeah yeah um so yeah that was where we drew the line Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you're both sort of each other's first loves yeah that's really sweet and yeah, oh, and he got me a little necklace and I'd wear the necklace all the time. This is like such a like like a like perfect sweet little like I first know. love. It's fun too like if you're that age and you meet someone who's like at that same level and they mm-hmm. like you cuz you can kind of have this innocent love. Yeah. Like I feel like I had a lot of crushes and I definitely like on one side felt all these things, but I never like was in a relationship in middle school or high school. So it was mostly me fawning yeah. over people or having crushes. <laughs> Um, but man, if, if I, if someone felt that way back, I would for sure mm-hmm. be like a very annoying about it. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it was a blast. Um, and was it cool to like be dating someone outside of your school? Where you're like, my boyfriend goes to a different yeah, school. You guys don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what else? Oh, so yeah, my mom was like crazy and like screaming at me all the time for like nothing. Where did her, um, fear come from like did your siblings um were they like bad kids not bad yeah. kids but did they get in trouble a lot so I think my brother was a little bit of a bad kid so she sort of lumped us together like mm. you guys are just lying and 
smoking pot and hanging out with (laughs) bad kids that was her vibe and um like when she was growing up you know like she got like smacked around by Mm. her family so I think she was more into yelling and intimidating and would even dramatically be like you're so lucky that you kids don't get hit because when I was growing up like crazy so yeah so she she is doing that classic thing of like this one thing that I didn't like I won't do but instead I'll do all these other (laughs) things that are also equally damaging yeah instead of being like maybe none of these things (laughs) yeah it really it really made me like stressed out and in retrospect I wish that I would have because I was I was just like really scared of her and what would happen and so I was what would happen did she ever like ground you guys or what, what was like the punishment if she caught you doing something um I guess just getting yelled at mm. or like I feel like my parents would be really yelly and scary and um I think I only got like spanked when I was a little kid mm-hmm. but it did feel so intimidating like sure it felt like they could hit you even though yeah. they weren't really doing that yeah well also because when you're a kid like people forget that like children are small yeah. like even when a parent is like oh I know I can like control my force and it's going to be a tiny little spank yeah. like to a child like who's never felt physical pain from someone that they mm-hmm. love or is yeah, supposed to provide scary. their source of safety it, it can be so traumatizing yeah I think um I don't to their credit I don't think parents really realize that I think more research yeah. has come out about it since but yeah it is crazy because I I think the same way I feel like in my mind I remember my mom hitting me a lot probably if I went back it probably was not as many times as I remember right. but like the times that stick with me yeah. I'm like oh god that was so traumatizing yeah so I was like a tiny little kid and I'm sure yeah. she was like oh, get over it it wasn't even that hard or whatever know. you know <laughs> and did um, you feel like you knew what like you didn't know what to do to make her yell because it seemed like you were a good kid or like good like yeah. you were not like trying to you weren't doing these mm-hmm. things to rebel Right, but she right. was still getting mad. So yeah. it was almost like no matter what you did, she would yeah. get mad. So yeah, it was sort of like a scary household a little bit, like just unpredictable mm-hmm. anger. Um, yeah, and it would just feel like it didn't matter what you did. Uh, it was just if they were in that mood, then yeah. yeah. It was just like gambling. Yeah, so That's that was scary. spooky. And but... Now I feel like being a grown up and having like a better sense yeah. of the situation or what my mom is like, I feel like I could have just been like a little bratty, like, this is my boyfriend. He's 14. <laughs> I'm going to see him. Like, I wish that I would have just done that because mm. I think... Oh, you wish you stood up more. Yeah, I wish I had done that because I feel like I could see her being like, okay, oh, really? no stopping this. Oh, but okay. instead, I was so, like, scared and secretive. Why do you think she would have been more okay with it if you had stood up to it? Um, just because I didn't stand up for myself, so gotcha. I didn't have, like any evidence that it would Uh work if I tried I guess gotcha yeah it's oh and I guess it's almost like if if no matter what you did you were gonna get yelled at you might as well just Mm -hmm. be out in the open instead of like going through all this effort to make to try to be good and then it still doesn't work yeah oh I know well how how long did you guys date for um it was I remember we started dating in September and I (laughs) believe we broke up in April Okay, so that's mm-hmm. like a nice little, like cuffing nice season chunk. romance. <laughs> you made it through the holidays, mm-hmm. made it through Valentine's Day, and yeah. So it was also dramatic because, yeah, I was like, oh, my parents suck, and my friends, their parents suck, <laughs> and, um, and his parents suck. Yeah, it just <laughs> felt like we're such tragic teens. Aww. Like it was very melodramatic. Um, and did she ever? catch you guys like did you ever get in trouble I remember one time she she used the phrase secret boyfriend (laughs) she said like were you hanging out with your secret boyfriends (laughs) and um 
It's yeah. Fun. So also in retrospect, I think she just she knew. knew. And that's so why she was so it was mad. like a waste to be <laughs> hiding. It's almost like it's funny to me because I mean, I totally understand why parents are protective of their kids dating, but mm-hmm. like what you're describing sounds like the sweetest, most innocent relationship yeah. that she should almost be like, yes, date this guy, bring him over. Let's have yes. lunch. I would, you know, cause then it's yeah. like, yeah, let's fold him into the family. Cause yeah. then, um, it's not like this kid was like bringing you into like no. d- bad habits or anything. No. So that made me really mad because I was like, why can't it be mm-hmm. that way? Um, were you allowed to go to like school dances? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were sort of... So I feel like that period was really only when we were dating. But then also as we got older, we would sporadically um, like hook up. Okay. And um, oh, what is with my short-term memory? I feel like I keep <laughs> trying to say things and then forgetting. Um, oh, right. So since I knew him in the years following, um, I think I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that he was developing schizophrenia. Oh. And so wow, he's young to be getting that. Yeah. Um, well, I think like in boys, the onset is like 17, 18. I oh, think okay. in women, it's more in their 20s if mm-hmm. it's, it's going to happen. Um so yeah so he was very dramatic and always had stories about like oh i can't go home tonight because my stepdad is crazy so Mm. um he would sometimes like sleep outside and of your place no oh just just like in the park oh wow um there were like a couple times that like he was sleeping outside and like the police found him and we're like we have to take you in because you're a child and yeah uh he would sleep at like friends places or his sister's apartment um and i thought like his parents are so horrible look at Mm. this is so both of us have these crazy parents and i do think his parents probably were angry and crazy but i also think that was like a mentally ill thing like oh, yeah. wanting to sleep outside. I see. Like, yeah, ex- taking it to the extreme or reading mm-hmm. into it, something that wasn't there. Yeah, and he, like, stopped showering. Oh. And also he gains a lot of weight all of a sudden, um, which is common with drugs for uh-huh. that. And he went to the mental hospital at least once that I know of where I don't know the specifics, but think he like broke something Hmm. at his parents house and they were like they've had enough yeah that's so as an adult since I wasn't there like it could even be that he was like like violent and uncontrollable like I think something like yeah if he's really was going on I'm sure there were symptoms coming out it's so scary thinking about like teenagers because I mean I remember there were kids like at our school middle school and high school that you know, were institutionalized too. And, and mm-hmm. they're just your peers at the time. But now thinking about them, like, those were kids. Yeah. So I think about there was a girl who, I think she ended up surviving, but she, like, ate, tried to eat rat poison. And then everybody wow. was talking about that. And it was like a, you know, you and you don't quite understand it. There's mm-hmm. kind of a taboo and stigma around it. But as a kid, you, they're your peers, so you want to understand. You're also, like, I'm sure we weren't great about it. You start to, like, kind of make fun of the people because sure, you don't yeah. know. And now as an adult, I'm like, man, these, these, these were just children who just needed some care. Well, I had the experience that my bad kid friends that I would hang out with who were lovely, just Uh grownups would maybe call them bad kids or something. Um, They like loud music, you know. So the two of them, they went to the hospital a couple of times. They were both um, like really bad cutters Mm. and yeah, so it was a guy friend and a girlfriend and I remember one time he like cut himself so deep that he like had to go to the hospital and the girl pal once she took a bunch of pills and she had to go live in the hospital for a week or two or something and so since they were like kids that I hung out with every day I think I didn't realize that it was 
weird sure. until later. Well, there's also like a romanticization with the music and like mm-hmm. movies that you're watching as a teenager about stuff like that. Yeah. Did you have like a Tumblr? Oh, no, it wasn't Tumblr. Was that Zanga? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was like a, a big Zanga. thing. Oh, yeah. That reminds I me. That. I had a Zanga and my boyfriend had a Zanga. Uh-huh. Oh, you have E-props? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the original know, faves. Right? Yeah. And my post would be like, I hung out with <laughs> Lewis today and it was so much fun. And it's so funny, like we were just, yeah, I had a diary that was online too and Mm -hmm. an angel fire. And it's like, my family didn't know how that worked. (laughs) Like now it's like most parents are savvy about Mm -hmm. social media. It's like, if you wanted to figure out TikTok, even you could as an adult. Right. But like, it's like, I just felt so safe being like, here's like, I'm so mad at my mom, like on the internet for anyone to find. find They don't know what a Zanga is. Like there's no way. Mm -hmm. Wow. What a wild, like just like the angst. I mean, to be fair, I feel like there was definitely like real reasons to be angsty, but also mm-hmm. the exaggeration of certain things. Like if I was yeah. having a bad day, I'd just like put up a poem that was just like mm-hmm. really like the end of the world. It's yeah. like, I can't go on. It's might be my last breath. And you're yeah. like, I just had an F or something. It wasn't like, you know. I think it's also like people are very at that age. I think yourself absorbed mm-hmm. in the way that you like don't realize that like everyone (laughs) is going through a hard time so I think when kids feel like something is wrong then they're like no one gets (laughs) it I'm the only person like this everyone's normal except for me yeah that was the feeling I remember thinking like nobody understands me which is crazy because it's almost like everybody I know as an adult is like that happened to me like you know like we all had these universal experiences Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so weird because, well, would it have felt better if like, what, if you knew someone else was feeling that way? Like, cause, or was there something that made you feel different and special feeling like you're like, oh, everybody else is basic, but I have this, like, <laughs> diff- you know, like this like yeah. complicated feelings and, you know, yeah, take on life. I was definitely like that. Um, like I took extra classes to, um, like graduate high school in three years oh wow because I was so like I have to get out of here (laughs) this is not where I should be yeah just did you always know you wanted to move to New York did you move right after um I moved to San Francisco and went to college there and then I moved to New York gotcha Mm mm-hmm so you got really far away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did like the opposite because I grew up in the Bay mm-hmm. and then I went to New York for college. Yeah. I wanted to like get the fuck away from my family. <laughs> and also I never, yeah, I never, ever, ever pictured myself living in New York. I was like, it's so cold. It's mm-hmm. like weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember just thinking like, oh, anytime I visited, I don't think it's that fun. I don't really think I could see myself living there. I kind of felt that way about San Francisco, but I think it's because as a child, every time I've gone, mm-hmm. it was like with family and you do right. touristy stuff. Like I never got to see like the adult work life there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I still, I still kind of, feel, I, I like San Francisco, but I don't, to me, like New York feels like a rich city with like people and lives in San right. Francisco. I'm like, man, I don't know. There's a pier and mm-hmm. some restaurants and that's it. Sure. I feel like as like a kid in New Jersey, it's like you take the train in and you're probably going somewhere kind of touristy or Uh busy. You're definitely going to Manhattan. (laughs) So, yeah, I wasn't really getting to see like how it might be fun or cool to live there. Sure. Yeah. Um, So, okay, so you got out and you... Were you doing art or anything like this in during this time when you're growing up, like expressing oh, yeah. yourself through poetry? Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> big time. <laughs> I did painting and drawing, and I wrote prose <laughs> and poems. Oh, okay. I was very serious. I would submit my writing to literary journals wow. and, um, yeah. How did you go from? I mean, I feel like that is something that's super relatable to a lot of comedians myself included Mm -hmm. but how did you switch from that sort of like earnest like I'm gonna put all my feelings in (laughs) to being not that you're not earnest Mm -hmm. but you know you know switching over to be like I'm gonna use comedy to express Mm -hmm. these feelings was it a visible switch or was it just sort of like one day you're like I like this better I think it's kind of gradual and some of it is like growing and 
realizing what you don't like about what you were doing in the past <laughs> and what you want to do different. Uh-huh. Like, mm, like when I went to art school, I remember I had a teacher that said, like, that first year art students usually make extremely autobiographical work. Mm. And that, like, for a teacher, it's kind of weird to see. (laughs) Or I guess, like, in high school, you're kind of encouraged to make that kind of work. And, like, in the art world, stuff is tends to be, like, topical or, yeah, more about societal issues. It's pretty rare that someone would be like, here's a self-portrait of... Uh, here's a self-portrait it's me and you know i'm going through a hard time like th- wait they said that, that i mean i feel like there's tons that like van gogh used to do uh, i mean yes well he, his i mean ear was cut off it but i'm talking <laughs> about like contemporary art worlds now mm. like if you okay just had pics of yourself like <laughs> any <Selfies>. gallery <laughs> would be like True. what are you doing <laughs> Um, okay yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah so you kind of are encouraged instead to um yeah I guess make work about something mm. which can be like a political thing or it could be a more wishy-washy not specific thing but I'm exploring ideas mm. about this or that um what, did you feel an inclination to do autobiographical stuff? Um, I did my first year, and then, and then no more. <laughs> and then what happened? But you do a lot of portraits now. Yes, I love portraits, and I love them. They're yeah. so fun. and pet portraits too, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I love as well. Um, it's I don't know if that's the same for film school. I almost feel like it's switched for film school. Mm. I, I mean, I, and I studied writing in film school, but I had a lot of friends who were in the film track. But I just feel like film, myself included, in an insufferable way, you go in and your first instinct is to, like, tell a grand story about other people and issues. Oh, sure. And, like, yeah. you know, because that's what you're seeing in, like, the mainstream, like, Oscars, who's winning awards. So you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to make, you know, the story about, like, the furthest away place I can think yeah. of with the most, like, desolate community I can think of and yeah. really tell it in a unique way and then as you continue some people stay there and do that well but I do feel like people narrow it down more and make it more specific to their life or a version of like what they've learned in life maybe transplanted in a different Mm -hmm. story or character but I because actually today I was just I was like cleaning up my um computer I was backing up my computer and I was looking through old files and I found like this play I had written in college that was like a one act it's not like the play wasn't that great but I forgot about this because this was before I came out and it was about mm-hmm. this girl who was in love with her roommate who's also a woman and it was like their friendship kind of deteriorating because one of them found out and Aww. it was sort of this absurd play and then one of them basically brings home a guy to try to be like I brought home a guy for you you have to fuck him and it's a little mm-hmm. bit absurd and um but then that comes out that she's like, no, just I'm in love with you. She's like, why can't we just go back to the way things were when we're friends? But I wrote this like I think at the time I thought like a different like this is a story about, you know, gay yeah. people, which I'm not <laughs> like. Yeah, and it's like, funny. And like just very like subconscious. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then I'm like, wait a minute. Like now reading, I'm yeah. like, this seems like something I could if I wrote it now would be like a me pulling from my life. So yeah. I just thought that was really interesting because it's like maybe we think we're writing these different stories but ultimately everything's kind of coming from a place of like what you're drawn to yeah but anyways that was a I don't know why I shared that it was really weird because I was like I forgot I wrote this and I also was like like it was very weird to read Mm -hmm. it to be like wow you've got you had a lot of pent-up suppressed (laughs) emotions here that just like came out in a story (laughs) so in art school um a lot of teachers encourage you to make like political stuff and Uh they tell you like they're just very straightforward like this is how you become like a big time artist this is how you're gonna get in galleries and museums if you make (laughs) and people would say all the time like our teachers would say like on the down low you should really make art that's um what do you like identity politics or like Mm. when we would look at popular or successful artists I found that anyone basically anyone that wasn't a cis straight white man their work had to be about 
being a woman or the oh. black experience or whatever. Really? They encourage that? Yes. And then white men are allowed to like be like, it's a picture of a motorcycle. Oh, well, I think I misheard that. Okay. Th- so that about your experience, mm-hmm. I thought you were saying like, if you're a straight white man, you have to do a, something about no, being they, black. And I'm like, that seems strange. Oh, <laughs> so they're allowed okay. to just do any like, sort of, appropriate. they can do like, this mm. image is interesting to me. So I wanted to paint it. Yay. How fun. And then it, it was like a very real thing that like, huh. if you are any kind of um, like, less represented person if you made art that wasn't about your identity people would basically treat you like you've turned stupid. your back on your no community. they would treat you like you're stupid and like your work doesn't matter and your work isn't worth writing about That's because also wild. a lot of the writers are straight white men. yes sure and so they want to write about things in like an exotic you know why that's wild because that what you're describing i feel like comes up in comedy as well and to the point where like one time i was at a panel at a festival and they literally said and it was a lot of diverse comedians there and to their credit in case i'm there i'm not even gonna say the name doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but in case someone hears it it's fine these people are all like people in the industry who mean well. Yeah. So I, they're not bad people. <laughs> but they said, if you're doing a showcase set, like, and you're gay or black or Asian, like, we don't want to hear jokes about that. They literally said that. And they're like, we get it. That's been done. That's not funny. Talk about something else. Talk about what's funny. Wow. And p- someone walked out. And I remember just being like, you know, what's crazy is like, you would never say that to a white guy. You yeah. Because they don't, they could just make jokes about whatever they want. Yeah. And they can make jokes about craft beer. And if they talk about how yeah. they're shamed of being white, we think it's subversive because like they're making fun of themselves. And there are bad jokes about being Asian. I'll give uh-huh. you that. Sure. I'm sure there are hacky yeah. ones. But they're all, but I feel like to say like don't do that is crazy. So yeah. I I it's interesting because it's almost like they're trying to police the opposite way. Yeah. But like they're like oh don't don't use this. Gosh. When in reality it should just be like why can't you just do mm-hmm. if you think something's funny do it and then let the audience decide if you're funny. But like yeah. it's crazy. But so, yeah yeah there's a real culture of like your work um, needs to be socially relevant so that it can get written about and so that you can become like buzzy and that's how you continue to get work and so there was also like a counter movement to that like a reactionary Uh like no I don't (laughs) want to do that it would be forced if I did that so fuck you and also if you're framing it as like this is how you make money then (laughs) no (laughs) like I want to make art about something else um and so also yeah I feel like some artists that were popular uh well like the mission school was really popular I don't Mm -hmm. know if you know of any of those painters but that was like more about style um like a lot of it was like replicating like sign painting style like text um so I really liked that kind of stuff when I was in school and would yeah, I feel like me and my friends would make stuff that was kind of copying, but sure. adding our own thing. Because you didn't really like, you're still doing art, mm-hmm. but you're just, it's, now, you, I feel like you've, yeah, now I it's only both together. Do it for money, I for never <laughs> paint for fun, it's only. You're always talking about the black experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I only paint stuff that people ask for, so <laughs> I don't even like express myself really through, through painting <laughs> but um, I guess comedy is a form of art but yeah it is yeah. kind of like but I I remember seeing your um pet drawings and I really like them yeah thank they're you. so cute thank you um well thanks for sharing that story sure. I feel like I learned a lot about you that I, I didn't so. know before <laughs> and now you don't now you don't need to have secret boyfriends and no. you you um I can grown. be open you can be open <laughs> oh can I tell you something oh yeah about my secret boyfriend sure. finally um yeah do you guys keep in touch well, we hadn't, and I noticed that he was watching all of my Instagram stories. Okay. But he didn't follow me. And so at first, wow. I was like, that's Power so cute. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, we all do that, like snoop on someone from uh-huh. the past. And then it was happening every day for like oh, <laughs> no. a really long time. Oh, no. <laughs> and so then I hid him from stories because it just made me feel uneasy. <laughs> it was too much, yeah. So he won't see like if you follow me, it would be fine. But to navigate to my page every day, sure, that is a lot. Yeah, yeah, that is <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. I didn't even know you could see if someone follows you or not. Well, 
I just know you just that knew. he doesn't, mm. right? Because I can yeah, go yeah, to his page can, and it doesn't Oh, it will say like follow back. back. Yeah. True. Um, well, I hope that he's doing okay. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, well, I want to end with a quick game. Sure. Um, since this is, um, sometimes the games are themed around a confession. I didn't know your confession, so this is a general game, Ooh. but I think it'll be fun. It's called What's Her Secret? Mm. And I've basically pulled headlines with uh, women who have secrets, and um, I'll read the headline, and then there will be a blank, and you have to guess what it was. Okay. Um, so there's two versions. One is multiple choice, which I've written funny ones plus <laughs> answers, and one is more open-ended if you want to just fill in the blanks. So I'm giving mm. you the option, because sometimes people want to just like come up with something Ooh. out of the blue, but it's harder that way. I want to do open-ended. Okay, I let's think. do that. Okay, this is the first one. What's her secret? The headline is, she tried to kill us. Indiana mother who adopted six-year-old Ukrainian girl with dwarfism has been charged with abandonment, but claims her daughter was found to be blank. So she's not. Wait, can you this, say it okay. again? <laughs> she tried to kill us. Indiana mother who adopted six-year-old Ukrainian girl with dwarfism has been charged with abandonment, but claims her daughter was found to be blank. Um, her daughter was a con artist adult pretending to be a little mm. kid. Ding, ding, ding. You ding, got ding. it. Yeah, yeah. The answer was she was actually a 22 year old woman pretending mm -hmm. to be a child, which mm -hmm. is the plot of the orphan. But this <laughs> happened after the orphan. Isn't this crazy? It's a really insane story. And if you guys uh, read this, you will be spooked and you won't be able to sleep. Um, did you know this? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we know she reads the news now. Um, okay. Number two. What's her secret? Student says she gave cookies containing blank to classmates. Ooh, cocaine. It's not cocaine, but that is one of the choices. Um, okay, I'll give you the choices. A, grandfather's ashes. B, rat poison. C, cocaine. Or D, ripped up pieces of the Declaration of Independence. That's so fucking funny. Um, so we know it's not cocaine. Um, I hope it's not rat poison. I want it to be one of the other ones. Um, ashes. Correct. Yes. She gave grandfather's ashes. Um, this student basically claimed she, her and some co-conspirators gave nine <laughs> classmates cookies containing her grandfather's ashes. Oh some people apparently knew and still ate them. Um, and then other people were horrified. That's so funny. <laughs> I would eat them. I bet it doesn't alter it's the taste very much. It's <laughs> probably fine. Although I would be concerned about the biohazard. Mm. Um, okay. What's her secret? Kid gets head start on medical career by blank. Whoa. Okay. And it's a child. Yes, it's a woman. No, no, female child. Girl, oh. little girl, child? girl, girl, child. Okay. <laughs> and she gets her head start. Um, blah blah blah. By, um, um, she she gave her brother stitches. Mm, that's a good guess. Thank it's you. incorrect. <laughs> that's also one of the fake answers I put in there. But um, the real answer is performing doll face transplants. Um, and here's that's a picture cool. of the doll face transplant. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, like so the bad kid in Toy Story. Oh, yeah, yeah. This little uh, it came from a tweet from her sister. It said, my little sister has an obsession with cutting the faces off baby dolls and stuffed animals. And putting them on That's other so dolls. Funny. What a cool kid. Yeah, cool kid, I guess. Yeah, I feel like definitely feel like monitor like that kid. Inventive. But like, it is inventive. Yeah. I would also still I'm be concerned. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe she'll be a great doctor one day. Mm -hmm. um, okay, two more questions. You're doing great. Thank you. UK surgeon finds blank in woman's eye. Oh, blank in woman's eye. Let's see. Um, maybe... There's a numerical component to this answer. Oh. Mm. I know that there's a numerical component, but I'm just going to guess a crumpet. I like that. Thank it's you. It's not correct. <laughs> um, here are the choices you can pick from. Okay, okay. A, 27 missing contact lenses. B, 214 fruit flies. C, eight men's semen. Or D, 16 candles. Um, contacts. Correct. 27 That's missing so many. contacts. How could that even be possible? She just like, she was 67 years old. Oh. Um, she went in for cataract surgery. The surgeons found that <laughs> she had forgotten, like over a period of time, forgotten to take out 27 <sighs> missing contact lenses that had just bunched together and oh. stayed in her eye. Truly, the body is a horrifying That's nightmare. That's crazy. It is. 
Here's the final one for the wind. Um, woman doesn't understand why everyone thinks she is blank. Oh, why everyone thinks she is. Um, uh, dead. You got it. Yes. That's the answer. <laughs> People think she's dead. Um, some scam artist um, took her photos from this uh, this woman, Lupita Gonzalez. Uh, they printed out first fo- from Facebook, made little jars and a whole sob story about how this woman was dead and collected donations <gasps> and put them around. Somehow it got back to her family. They called her. They're oh very happy God. she wasn't dead. Uh, but I guess the moral is watch out for strangers taking your face oh and my God. collecting money off of it. Mary, you won <laughs> the game. You did so great. Your, you. your prize is you can tell the listeners where to find you. Ooh, they can find me online. I'm on social media at Mary Hooley, H-O-U-L-I-E. I have a Tumblr, maryhoolihan.tumblr.com, and I have a YouTube page with a bunch of vids. Check out her videos. They're very funny. A lot of sketches and characters on there. Oh, um, watch watch my web series called CEO Skyscraper. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. And you can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod on Instagram and follow me at Larissa T, L-E-R-E-S-A-T-E-E. Bye. <laughs>